Hey there, this is Laura. I wanted to pop in to give you an update. This episode was recorded prior to our rebranding. What was once the Read It With Whiskey podcast is now work in progress, the Laura J Live podcast. This episode reflects that traditional Read It With Whiskey format and may have information and content that has since expired or changed. Please visit laurajlive.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Are you an author who has always dreamed of turning their book into an audiobook? Quixotic Bell Media is the audiobook podcast production company for you. They specialize in helping authors turn their books into an episodic audiobook podcast, releasing one to three chapters of their book each week. The episodic format will pull in new readers, help you grow your author brand and business, and QBM even offers help with audiobook launch strategies and monetizing your podcast. With Quixotic Bell Media, you record the audio and let them do the rest. You can finally start your podcast and audiobook without raising a finger to the logistics or time-intensive tasks. This means you'll be able to get back to what's important in your author business, your writing. So if you're interested in working with QBM, visit www.quixoticbellmedia.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Read It With Whiskey, the place to be if you are a sci-fi or fantasy reader. My name is Laura and I am your host. I'm a reader, writer, and whiskey drinker here to share with you some amazing self-published authors within the sci-fi and fantasy genres. On today's episode, we are talking to S.J. Pratt, the author of The 716. So let me tell you a little bit about S.J. S.J. Pratt loves writing young adult science fiction. She also is a narrator, which she absolutely loves to do. She runs an aerospace engineering company by day and writes by night. Well, early hours of the morning, actually. She lives in Christchurch, New Zealand with her incredible husband and incredibly needy cat. She is a sci-fi nerd, avid feminist, and coffee addict, and she looks forward to culminating her existence as an omnipotent space whale. (laughs) She is such a treat. We had so much fun chatting about her book. So let me tell you about The 716. Olivia is destined to be a future leader of Meliora. She's smart, rich, and innovative, and she has a pink identify light. Andy is destined to be a waiter and house human. His blue identify light prevents him from pursuing his dream of becoming an engineer. After all, who ever heard of a male engineer? But when Andy's life becomes entangled with Olivia's and he gets the chance to prove himself on the female stage, everything starts to change. In a society where men are second-class citizens and only binary gender norms are acceptable, Andy and Olivia must confront their own beliefs and decide what kind of world they want to live in. Will they do what is expected or what is right? And will the wrong choice spell disaster? This book was so much fun. Definitely feminine themes all throughout, which I absolutely loved this concept of reversed normal gender roles. We dive into it, so I'm not even going to say anything more. Let's talk with S.J. Pratt. Hello, S.J. Pratt, and welcome to Read It With Whiskey. I'm so excited to have you here. How are you doing today? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm very excited going to be great. Yes, it's going to be so much fun. And we are going to talk all about your book, 
the 716, or do you call it the 716? I have been mulling over this trying to decide. How do you say this? So I say the 716, but honestly, I mean, it's a book. I think however you read it, however you sort of say it in your head is is perfectly great, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably refer to it as the 716, but I know a lot of people refer to it as the 716 as well. So, yeah, yeah I was thinking about it before we hopped on here and I was like, 716 is kind of a mouthful. 716, 716. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like it's like characters, character names. Like you never know what a character name pronunciation is until you actually talk to the author. And we're gonna dive yes. into those a little bit for your characters too. Yeah. But, but before we dive into all that, I would love for you to tell us why did you decide to become a writer? Oh, that's a great question. I've always loved writing. When I was a kid, I was really quite shy and you know really yeah didn't have a lot of confidence to say what I was feeling I guess and I think um so I probably originally was drawn to it because it's an outlet to be able to write down sort of some thoughts and feelings and then also like I guess this is also why I really like reading but I also really like the escapism of it I suppose like you kind of have your your regular everyday life and then I get to dive into this world that I've created where people can you know go on essentially flying cars and you might have a best friend that's a robot and like it's just a really cool like I don't know different way of living in in a way you know that that we don't have access to in in real life so that's probably why I also one of the reasons why I like sci-fi get to do some cool things that I don't get oh, to do in real life. So <laughs> I'm the same. I love me some sci-fi dystopian, anything with, with robots, like you said, or just something that kind of messes with your mind a little bit. And yeah. I think your book does that because it really puts our entire reality on its head. But I think it's really interesting because yeah, you can escape into something that maybe you had a dream once or some epiphany happened and you can really run away with it in writing. And so I love that too, the escapism. So speaking of, let's just dive straight into the book. What is this book all about? Give us a little synopsis. Yeah, totally. So The 716 is a young adult science fiction novel. It's about a young man named Andy who wants to be an engineer. But in his world, only women are allowed to go to university. And so his dream kind of seems a bit hopeless. He's he's probably going to grow up and become a house husband, you know, those sorts of things. Until one day he meets Olivia who is intelligent and rich and a bit rebellious and she uh, very privileged she is going to be the future leader of, of Meliora, of this, this future version of, of our world. And, um, yeah, when he gets to meet her, he sort of gets this opportunity to prove himself on the female stage in a way that no man has got to do before. And so we kind of see the results of that and sort of chain of events that that starts that could end up changing the course of history. I love this storyline. I love the concept. And I love the world that you build. Because like I said it flips everything on its head. It's run, the whole world is run by women. Women are in power. Men, like you said, they're staying at home and being what we would have as housewives. Now the men are staying at home and doing those types of roles. So kind of explain how you were motivated or inspired to have that type of world for the setting of this book. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So it's actually a little bit of a sad story, origin story, there was a rape that happened on my walk to work. So I had to walk past this spot every day. And I was just like, it happened and I was just getting like absolutely 
just so angry and just infuriated with with life that this is something that that happened and you know I started doing all that sort of like uh should should I be walking this way but it is the most lit path and all that kind of stuff and like it's just yeah so anyway I was getting really upset about it and um I had a a beer with a friend after work um a male friend and I was just you know I was just letting it out I was just so upset and he was very lovely and very sort of sympathetic and he was like yeah that is really wrong and and we shouldn't you know society shouldn't be like that but he kind of like lacked that fire that I had you know that I was just like I want to change this and he was sort of like yeah it's a really sad element of our world but that's kind of how life is in a way you know and for some for some reason and I'll never know why I asked him well, what if it was the other way around? Like, what if you were the one that walked home thinking, well, should I have some pepper spray in my bag? But then like, that's illegal. But then so is sexual assault. Like, you know, like, what should I, you know, like, what is the best way home? Or should I just pay for an Uber? Cause that's going to be safer. And like, you know, all these things that he'd never had to think about, you know, like I'm, I'm not saying, you know, his life's real easy, but just in this one aspect, he's quite privileged. And it just created this like really interesting conversation with him. And suddenly like I saw his fire come out and he was like, wait, no, but okay. So wait, so this happened and like, oh, and I'd have to think about that thing. And like, I don't even know where I would, you know, what I would do in this situation or whatever and it's like what if your phone died and I was like yeah I know exactly um and we just had this really great chat and like he suddenly it was like he could actually empathize rather than just like logically understand there was like understanding on more of a soul level you know and so yeah I I sort of was walking home and I was thinking about this and I was like well could we get more people on board or at least just thinking about about feminism about equality about the gender spectrum about all of these things that are happening you know if i was to flip this sort of scenario on its head and and maybe like my friend you were to follow a a, a young male protagonist in a world where women are in charge is it easier to see just how weird and awkward and like uncomfortable these things are that women have to go through, um, you know, almost every day. And I think that managed to pull that off in some ways because people have really said to me, like, it's super weird to hear like this old woman telling this young man to smile and pull his socks up because his hairy legs are like unattractive and you shouldn't be showing those off. And, you know, things that it's just like kind of makes you think to begin with, you're like, it's really weird and like makes me kind of feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then you know, at least for me, it's like, oh, well, why? Like, why is that okay when we expected a woman, but now that we're flipping it on its head and it's men, like, ah. So, I mean, yeah, I think if I could just get like one person to have that thought of like, huh, I'm thinking about these things now, um, then I would feel like, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to change the the perspective, just to think about what the other person's going through. And I liked that scene where he was told to like be more decent looking. And that was definitely interesting to read because it's something that is commonly found out in the world right now for a woman, like make yourself presentable. You can't go out looking like a slob. And so no. but guys can do whatever they want. And yeah. I think this perspective is really huge. I mean, we're not going to dive into the politics, but the politics over here in the no. States is definitely entertaining to the least, not in a positive way, but it yeah. definitely opens your eyes reading a book like this when there are things in our current world that connect not on purpose, but they just connect. And so it's just interesting seeing that and 
and knowing that that perspective can be found within a book. And there's a couple other books I've been reading recently. And I think this is going to be like a new trend within the indie industry is talking about feminine power and feminine energy in these dystopian utopian worlds, because it's a utopia for all the women, but it's not yes. so much for yes. all the men. So yeah. I, I love that concept. Definitely. Yeah. Which was actually really fun to write in a way. Cause it's like, what if we like really valued feminine traits and, and, and teamwork and empathy and all these sorts of things. And like, but then of course, you know, I'm also trying to figure out how that's bad because we want equality, not like, you know, we don't want matriarchy or patriarchy, which is, you know, like, but it was very fun to, to, to try and flip it on its head and not just purely flip it on its head. Cause I've seen a couple of movies and, and books where it's just, almost the patriarchy, but women are in charge. And so mm-hmm. I really wanted to spend some time thinking about, well, what do we stereotypically associate with women and, and feminine traits? And, and then how would I create a world where those are really valued? Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that must have been a lot of internal processing, like brainstorming and just like research and, oh, I can't even imagine. But this world that you created is, it's just so much fun to read and dive into. So let's dive in a little bit more on this world and the setting specifically. So Meliora is where they're living. So tell us a little bit about where, where they are in the world. Yeah. So the sort of third world war has happened many, many years ago from there. I can't get into it because of spoilers for the series, but essentially women ended up being in power. So for a very long time, women have been in power in Meliora. So most of the world, at least the understanding of the people in Meliora, most of the world is still irradiated and no one lives out there. Yeah. A sort of collection of little cities that make this kind of one country. So this probably doesn't come across in the book, but it's sort of based on the area in which I live, which is in New Zealand, very loosely based here, where it kind of rains in random places (laughs) at random times. And you're like, oh my gosh, I was not prepared for this. I need a jacket. So loosely based on that. And I think some people who live here might be able to like kind of piece that together. But I also, I wanted it to be quite universal and I didn't really Mm -hmm. want to set it in like a future version of California or something like that. I just kind of wanted to set it in a place that you you might sort of think, okay, this is somewhere in the world. It could be where I live. Yeah, I think you did very well with that. Uh, well, except for the part that there's like flying cars. So you can't really see that in our world now, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that future-esque, uh, the robots and flying cars and the whole concept of mechanics is just completely advanced from where we are now. And speaking of, there's basically an advanced type of testing that all of our female characters have to go through in this world. So talk a little bit about the real test. Tell us what that is. Yeah. So the real test is the reasoning, empathy, aptitude, and leadership test. And every 18 year old woman uh, gets the opportunity to take this test. And it's sort of the yeah reasonably familiar trope, I suppose, from young adult, but essentially, um, you know, the test that's going to define their lives in a way of, of how, how well they score in that test determines sort of what careers they can take things like nursing and history you know you need to get a, a higher score than you would for other other careers so yeah so you go into this blind the idea is that you can't cheat on this test can't study for it you just go in and it's supposed to be a test of sort of all of your emotional and logical skills just kind of naturally of course there are people who are you know 
more privileged. So Olivia um, might have a better chance because she's, you know, kind of been groomed for it. In general, yeah, you just go in blind and it kind of, without too many spoilers, uses um, some sort of fun sci-fi technologies, you know, rather than just sitting down to to write A, B or C or whatever, um, or write out your essay. It's kind of a, a different, mm-hmm. more sci-fi fun take on on a test a bit more interactive and, and yeah definitely yeah. definitely more interactive and I, I love the scenes with the tests I mean yeah sci-fi <laughs> yeah and yeah, yeah. The, the results it's funny because over here we have like the standardized tests and they're all just stupid and it, it means nothing and when you go to college nobody remembers what your test score was but in this world it holds so much power because it determines your entire future and I liked that some of the careers that these women can go into based on their score are positions that in our current world aren't deemed like high and mighty or anything. And I really liked that component because it's putting the actual worth and value on positions that are of more worth and value than like sports, for example, here in the States, sports and actors get paid more than anybody else when it should be you know doctors firefighters policemen and so they they give more weight to the important careers and so I love that you put that in there I thought that was a really good twist oh thank you that's really cool that you noticed yeah (laughs) definitely (laughs) you you put these things in as an author and you're like I'm probably the only person that's gonna like (laughs) that's gonna get that but I'm you know I'm happy but yeah, <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Okay. And then there's one other thing and we're not going to talk spoilers, but I would love for you to tell our listeners. So what is the kindness? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, that's such a difficult one. So that actually won't come to light until the next book. I'm working on book two at the moment. We do actually get to see the kindness come uh, like happen. It's kind of a mystery in book one, which I think is, is a good thing because you don't learn everything. Yeah, yeah. So the the kindness is this form of punishment that's been developed in in Maliora and it essentially it came about I was thinking about things like capital punishment and and things like that or war or how we end up, you know, in the patriarchy sort of how murder can happen or how death can happen. And I kind of, I was like how would I make that really feminine? You know, like there's that, that this sort of idea like a lot, you know, a lot of Agatha Christie's female characters will will kill with poison and stuff like that. And so there's a, you know, woman tend to be a little bit more removed less sort of like in your face so I just got thinking about that and I ended up coming up with this idea of the kindness which is even I think it's even kind of feminine to call it the kindness like this (laughs) is a kind way that we get rid of you from our society because we don't want you anymore and so it is reserved for like the worst of the worst you know, traitors that have really like, this is not a common punishment. It's something that happens very rarely. We do find out, I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but we do find out in the first book that um, Olivia's dad went through the kindness. And so we'll learn a lot more about that in the second and third book and, and why and what actually happened that <laughs> night. Oh, I'm excited. I was really intrigued. That's one of the many questions I have at the end of the book. And I love when you can look at the end of the book and be like, okay, I'm ready for book two now. And unfortunately, it's not out yet, but it'll be here soon. And I'm just so excited to find out what happens to everybody. <laughs> Speaking of everybody within the book, you've got some great characters in here. Our main character that we are introduced to right away is Andy, and he is a twerd. So first of all, define what a twerd is. I love this. The Renasi English Dictionary defined a twerd as a man or boy of an unfortunately gangly nature, often scrawny and unattractive 
percentage of muscle mass is typically below 35%. Kind of just a term for a guy that's typically considered unattractive because he's too lanky and, and not like muscly enough. I love that. And we find out that is what Andy is, but he's so much more than that. So tell us a little bit about who he is. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, Andy's at one of our, one of our two um, protagonists. So he's from sort of a, a lower middle-class family. His mom, obviously his mom brings in the, the bulk of the money. She works at a stationery store. He's got a, a younger sister. And so he actually had to drop out of school to get a job so that he could help pay for her education, which is something that those sorts of things I tried to mirror in real life. And there mm-hmm. are times in history where women have had to do that to, you know, especially in sort of the lower uh, socioeconomic classes. So um, anyway, but he's, he's just, I love Andy. He's just full of life and curiosity and uh he he's constantly asking questions which his mother is tell, tells him off for um and everyone <laughs> thinks it's a bit strange but he's he's constantly questioning how things are and then also wanting to invent things so he is a waiter in, in his job but he wants to be an engineer uh and so he he volunteers at his aunt's mechanic workshop which is kind of the closest thing that as a guy he can he you know, he can do. And so he gets to fix tractors and things like that. But um, really, he'd love to be an engineer and, and work on on pods, which are the flying cars and get to design something really cool and, and work as like a qualified engineer. That would be his dream mm. one day. But men aren't supposed to be engineers in this world. So no, <laughs> not allowed. Dive into some interesting issues when it comes to doing what you love. Um, and speaking of, we have Olivia, who is the other main protagonist. So tell us a little bit about her. Yeah. So she's kind of, yeah, complete opposite side of the coin in terms of she's quite privileged where Andy is not so much. So Olivia is the daughter of the leader of Maliora and she'll probably end up becoming the next leader herself. So there's a lot of expectations on her to to become a good leader. Um, She actually also wants to be an engineer. So if she was to choose her own path, she would also pick engineering, which is an admirable pursuit for, for a woman, but just not for her family. Her family have ruled for such a long time. There is a real expectation that that she won't become an engineer. She'll become the next leader. And so she's, you know, rich and attractive and intelligent and a bit rebellious and has all the privilege that comes with that. And um, yeah, so she just makes quite a nice sort of alternative to Andy in terms of different worldviews and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So. And I like that they have things in common that bring them together too. Because when they first meet, it's because her pod has had an accident and he ends up working on it. And so this is how they meet. So it was completely by chance. They should have never met each other. They're in completely different stages of their, the world. And I love that they were able to meet. Okay. So these are our two main characters. We're not going to dive into all of the other ones because there are quite a few that are, I just fell in love with throughout the book. Uh, But there's one who we cannot not talk about. And that is Ray. So who is Ray and why does everyone love him so much? He's my favorite. Oh, he's he's like my favorite too. So Ray is uh, Andy's best friend. He's a little robot. He's a little spherical ball of light. So he was originally created. um, So Andy was working in his aunt's workshop 
and the lighting there's really bad and he was having to like get under machines and try to see and do his work and so he just wanted um you know this is a very sci-fi approach to things but he wanted a light that would follow him around and could come under you know kind of hover and move itself and dim and you know those sorts of things to be able to help light his work so that's where it started and then and his curiosity kind of got the best of him and he ended up getting a personality chip from a sort of discarded um, another bot a surgical bot so you know had quite a few sort of functionalities and put that into Ray and then they sort of started like hypothesizing different sort of engineering approaches and discussing things and then sort of over the year before the book starts Ray turns into his his own, his complete own personality and his own sort of you know character and he he has like a love of tea so he like sits everybody else will have a cup of tea and he'll hover over the tea so he can feel the like the warmth on his like little synthetic coating and he's just adorable and he's like I think one of the things that I really like about him is that he he asks these questions and often about society but also just about you know love and things like that uh he's quite a romantic actually which is kind of cute he sort of will ask these questions of Andy like why do we do things this way and Andy has to be like oh yeah I don't really know we've just always done it like that like I really you know so um yeah and he's but he's just so full of life and bubbly and and adorable and and yeah and he can turn invisible which is kind which of is really exciting yes oh yeah. <laughs> I just loved him he was such a fun little ad because he's like the little sidekick that you need in any book and I oh yeah he was just great I'm excited to see just how how he evolves in the next few books we'll say it that way and I think yeah. you actually created some type of origin story I think I read that somewhere for I, him yeah I'm doing that now so that's You're not doing out that yet now. but um okay. newsletter subscribers will get that kind of soon so. Ooh, so exciting. Oh yeah. So for people listening, read the book, you'll fall in love with Ray. And then you got to sign up for the newsletter because I know I'm, I'm going to, cause I want to find out yeah. his little origin story. <laughs> Where did <laughs> so he come from? Yeah. <laughs> so these characters are super fun, but I would love to know on either the characters we discussed or some other characters we may not have mentioned. Do you have any interesting inspiration stories for where any of the characters came from? So as much as I hate to admit it, Olivia is kind of like that side of my personality that maybe I don't like, you know, there's almost like, yeah, there's, there's parts of me in there in terms of like, I understand, I do know, uh, especially as she gets a bit later in the story where she can start to understand her own privilege. I'm not anywhere near as rich as she is, but I have quite a lot of, uh, a lot of privilege, you know, I've, I've lived a comfortable life. So I don't know, there's parts of, there's definitely parts of her that come from me. And then Andy actually sort of originated from my husband. So he's, um, he is probably what you would call a twerd, but like super (laughs) handsome to me. I I think he's absolutely gorgeous and just so like, you know, innovative, curious. And he just loves, he loves creating, you know, building things. And if he could make a ray, like he would have, that's, you know, I was like, that's where that came from. I was like, what would, what would David do in this, in this situation? And so that's where they sort of originated. And then um, they've totally become their own characters um Andy and Olivia they are actually really different to us now but Mm -hmm. to begin with I was sort of somewhat writing a story about these characters that were somewhat me and my husband you know so yeah that's so cute I love that (laughs) and do you have 
a favorite character to write within the series. So you're working on book two. Do you find that whenever you're getting to a scene with a certain character, you spark and light up and get excited? Yeah, I think at the moment it's Will, which is Olivia's brother. And I think he he's quite a fascinating character too, because he's um, he has some of that privilege in terms of he's from a very rich, important family, but then, you know, he's also a male. And so there's these expectations on him that he's not allowed to work because he's got a, you know, sort of, it, it's almost a bad look for the family if they have to have a guy work and he's not going to, he would actually make a fantastic leader um, but he's not allowed to be. So I think he's quite a fun character to write mm-hmm. in terms of like, I don't know, in some ways, Andy just kind of almost has nothing to lose. I mean, he does have things to lose, but he's, you know, whereas Will, I, I guess he has to be a little bit more careful, um, but then he doesn't always, you know, he's, he's quite courageous. So um, yeah, I'm really yeah. enjoying. And, and there's sort of a, something that happens at the end of the book. Um, where he really sort of, yeah, does something quite courageous. And so I'm quite enjoying writing how that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. plays another, out. Another one of my questions where I'm just, I'm just waiting for the answers on that one. Oh, yeah, so yeah, how does that go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I really liked Will. He was one of my favorites. Thinking of him brought up the, so in our current world, you know, debutante balls, having the women go out and parade themselves and all of this while the world is flipped on its head. So the guys have this ball where it's their showing and they're the ones who are being spotlighted. And I loved those scenes. So much fun. How much fun was were those to write? Oh, so much fun. Yeah. So much fun to write. Yeah. I just love that. And I love that. So, cause Andy and Will end up meeting at that point mm-hmm. and just how much they're both like, this is so ridiculous. Like <laughs> I, you know, I have to listen to one more conversation about swimming and, or what I like, you know, I think there's a lot of good about that tradition. And obviously I have never personally gone through it. So I'm not trying to judge that tradition itself, mm-hmm. but it's just an interesting thing that is in its essence a bit sexist. And so I just wanted to turn that onto its head and, and sort of say like, well, what if we were, talking about how handsome and um, capable these young men are as they come down the stairs and, oh, and he's, he can lift anything. And he's just, you know, I don't know, he's going to go on to volunteer at this place. And, oh. and so, yeah, no, it was good fun. It's so much fun. I love that. All right. So if you had to pick a type of person who should pick up this book, who, who should read this book? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great question. So it is young adult. So I think, um, and I've had some really good feedback from young adults. I think, you know, there's a little bit of romance, but there's nothing, you know, there's, yeah, there's, there's a kiss, you know, that's sort of it. But um, yeah, no, I think young adults have had a really good, a good time with it and really enjoyed sort of the world and, um, and the story. So definitely, definitely young adults. And then I would also say adults that enjoy reading young adult because there's quite a few of us out there <laughs> me yeah I love I love it I definitely don't think it's just for for like teenagers or whatever mm-hmm. so if you like that kind of style of writing and that genre then I think that would be pretty good for you and then lastly I'll just say that the other thing that I've heard is that it's quite accessible sci-fi um, a lot of people get kind of put off by the sci-fi element of it but if you like fantasy at all 
or, you know, just kind of, yeah, more character driven stories, then I would recommend giving it a, giving it a go. Cause it's not hardcore sci-fi. Like you don't need a dictionary to be able to figure out what's going on. There's definitely sci-fi um, and I, you know, and engineering and those sorts of things, but I think you can, yeah, I've sort of heard it's reasonably accessible. Um, so if you've been thinking about getting into sci-fi, then it could be a good way to go. Yeah. Good gateway. And yeah, I, I am nowhere near an engineer. The closest I get to being an engineer is watching the big bang theory on TV. So <laughs> this was definitely accessible. Um, I was able to read it and I write sci-fi and my sci-fi is the same way it's something is happening but you don't need to know how it's happening just understand that it is happening and there's science behind it and it'll be fine yeah so this is book one and there's going to be three books it's going to be trilogy is that right yes okay and do you have a release date for book two or you're just still working on it no pressure no, I don't have a release date yet. I'm actually still in the first draft stage. Okay. So um, it's a little bit too early to say, but yeah, hopefully not too far away. Yeah. yeah. Like 2023 or maybe pushing like maybe 2024. Yeah. Maybe late 2023, I think okay. would be, I would like to. So the first one I got out for International Women's Day this year, which mm-hmm. was March 8th. And I was kind of hoping to get the second one out by International Women's Day next year. I'm don't think that's going to happen maybe but I think late 2023 would be pretty yeah awesome. would be pretty good so goal. exciting well are you working on any other projects outside of this series mainly working on this one um I've just had an idea about sort of really early stages of a young female detective in space um so I'm just trying to figure out how she's become a detective and and what she's exactly she's working on and but I've kind of I guess kind of like Sherlock Holmes Watson that kind of like duo there's going to be sort of a the, the main point of view character kind of I suppose kind of like Watson but she's also a young woman and then the detective that just sparked my my interest recently so is this going to have similar feminine energy with it? Yeah, I think um, definitely more low key than the 716 yeah. is where it's pretty front and center, like pretty clear. Mm-hmm. But I think really still sort of a celebration of, of what yeah. women have to bring to the table. Yeah, awesome. staying true to, to that and, and having a really boss um, female right. protagonist. I think. Empowering the young women. That's what we got to do. Yes. I love it. Exactly, exactly. All right. So this is Read It With Whiskey, and it wouldn't be Read It With Whiskey without talking a little bit about whiskey, but I don't think you like whiskey. So do you like anything whiskey related, or are you more of a coffee tea drinker? Like, what do you love? So yeah, no, in general, I don't like whiskey. I love coffee. <laughs> I have way too much coffee. Um, I probably even post on Instagram too much about coffee. But anyway, <laughs> I, I just, I love coffee. I even, I have decaf coffee that, so that I don't go crazy, you know, in the afternoons. Um, but I'm constantly like, I think that's almost my one writing tool that I have to have is just this cup of coffee probably going cold in the, in the corner <laughs> that's giving off inspirational vibes or something. I don't know. But when it comes to whiskey, I actually, I was going to say, so my husband's really into whiskey. And he bought, um, I quite like wine, and he bought a whiskey that was a whiskey, but it was made in like a wine barrel or something. There was something to do with a wine that I really like. And so I tried that um, a couple of days ago and I was like, this is actually really nice. So I don't know if I'm growing up or my palate is changing or something, or maybe it's more accessible because it's got the wine flavor, but yeah, I should have brought the bottle. I think there's, there's gateway whiskeys, like the honey whiskeys were how I got into it because Mm. it's a little bit more sweet. And then it took me a really long time to get to 
like the good stuff, but even still, like I'm drinking honey whiskey this evening because I needed something a little bit sweet. So yeah, no whiskey is wrong. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Maybe more of a dessert feel to it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, SJ. Well, where can people find your books and follow along with your journey? go to sjpratt.com and from there you can sign up to my newsletter that's probably the the best way to follow along with my journey so that's just one email once a month so I try not to spam you Um, but that's kind of just an update on on you know my writing progress a bit about reading so that's probably a good way to go you can also get the first three chapters of the 716 for free if you sign up to the newsletter so if you're like thinking about it but you're not sure that could be a good way to to see if it's something that you're into other than that um, I'm on Instagram quite a lot as sj pratt underscore writer um so that could be a good way to to follow along as well in terms of where to get the books if you are in new zealand then you can order on my website and get a signed copy otherwise if you're anywhere else in the world probably best to go through amazon um which there is a link on my website or you can just search for the 716 obviously and that is available in paperback and also on kindle unlimited Awesome. Well, I'm excited for book two. I'll be waiting all year long. And uh, as soon yeah. as you let it out, I'm going to share it with everybody because I, I just oh, adored your thank book. You. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being on Read It With Whiskey. I had a great time talking with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such fun. Really appreciate it. love a fun little sidekick in my sci-fi and fantasy books. And Ray was, he was just a ray of sunshine. Oh my gosh, I'm so corny. But no, I absolutely loved him and the whole book as a whole. I mean, obviously you heard me ranting and raving about it in the interview, (laughs) but it was so much fun to read. I wish I could read it for the first time again. Have you ever picked up a book like that where you wish you had never read it before? So then you can just experience the whole thing from the start a whole nother time. Oh my goodness, it was so much fun. So I'm excited to see what is coming next for SJ Pratt. And speaking of next, our next episode is going to be different than what we have been doing for the last year. Because you guys, I am bringing solo episodes to Read It With Whiskey. This is a long time coming and I actually was going to start doing solo episodes at the very beginning, but I wanted to really create the podcast with the interviews first. And if you were here from the very beginning, or if you go back and you can listen to the first 26 episodes, you can see that we have a completely different format for the show. Back when I originally started, I would do a behind the scenes Laura J Live update in all of the episodes. I would talk a little bit more about my personal writing and reading experience behind the scenes. And I took that out to focus more on the interviews once we switched over to just the sci-fi and fantasy. There was a lot of pivots that were being made. And I'm really excited to have done all of that because now I have set it up so I can bring in these solo episodes for you guys. So the next time you hear from me, it will be a solo episode. And I'm so excited to dive in. We're going to be talking about sci-fi fantasy, but we're also going to be talking about reader hacks and tips and tricks, everything for the reader. It's going to be really, really fun. So I will see you in the next episode. I'm so excited. I'll talk to you then. 
you've been listening to an episode of Read It With Whiskey. I am your host, Laura Gentinen, and I just wanted to personally hop in and say thank you so much for listening. Your support of the podcast means so much to me, and I would really appreciate it if you could go onto your favorite podcast platform and rate and review the show. By rating the show, you're going to help more people find the podcast so then we can grow. Once you review the show, share it on your social media, share your favorite episode with your friends, and come back next time to hear more from self-published authors. I'll talk to you soon.